Strange Animals Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Strange Animals Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Shaw. This week, I have an interesting mystery animal suggested last September by Richard J. Thanks for the suggestion, Richard. Sorry it took me so long to get around to it. But I have a lot of suggestions that I've had much longer. One day, I'll get to them all. Before we learn what the Sarouche is, though, a quick note, or at least I'll try to make it quick. I know a lot of people listen to strange animals as a fun escape from the everyday world. But right now, the everyday world has important stuff going on that I can't ignore. I want to make it clear to all my listeners that I fully support the Black Lives Matter movement, and I also support LGBTQ rights. Everyone in the whole world deserves respect and equality. But unfortunately, right now, we're not there yet. We have to work for equality, all of us together. If you're not sure what to do to make the world a better place for everyone, it's actually really simple. Just treat everyone the same way you want others to treat you and your friends. This sounds easy, but when you meet someone who seems different from you, it can be hard. If someone has different color skin from you, or speaks with an accent you find hard to understand, or uses an assistive device like a wheelchair, or if you just think someone looks or acts weird, it's easy to treat that person different and even be rude, although you may not realize that's what you're doing at the time. When that happens, it's always because you're scared of the person's differences. You have to consciously remind yourself that you're being unreasonable and making that person's day harder when it was probably already pretty hard, especially if everywhere they go, people treat them as someone who doesn't fit in. Just treat them normally, and both you and the other person will feel good at the end of the day. So that's that. I hope you think about this later on, even if right now you're feeling irritated that I'm taking time out of my silly animal podcast to talk about it. Now, let's find out what the Sarouche is and why it's such a mystery. Sarouche is a word from ancient Sumerian, but it's actually not the right term for this animal. The correct term is mushkushshu, but sarush is way easier for me to pronounce, so we'll go with sarush. But be aware that the word is due to a mistranslation a hundred years ago, and scholars don't actually use it anymore. My first introduction to the sarush was when I was a kid and read the book Exotic Zoology by Willie Lee. Chapter 4 of that book is titled The Sarush of the Ishtar Gate. And honestly, that is about the best title for any chapter I can think of. But while Lee was a brilliant writer and researcher, the book was published in 1959. It is definitely out of date now. The Sarouche is found throughout ancient Mesopotamian mythology. It usually looks like a snake-like animal with the front legs of a lion and the hind legs of an eagle. It's sometimes depicted with small wings and a crest of some kind, sometimes horns and sometimes frills or even a little crown. And it goes back a long, long time, appearing in ancient Sumerian art some 4,000 years ago. But let's back up a little and talk about Mesopotamia and the Ishtar Gate and so forth. If you're like me, you've heard these names, but only have a vague idea of what part of the world we're talking about. 
Mesopotamia refers to a region in Western Asia and the Middle East, basically between the Euphrates and Tigris rivers. These days, the countries of Iraq and Kuwait, parts of Turkey and Syria, and a little sliver of Iran are all within what was once called Mesopotamia. It's part of what's sometimes referred to as the Fertile Crescent in the Middle East. The known history of this region goes back 5,000 years in written history, but people have lived there much, much longer. Some 50,000 years ago, humans migrated from Africa into the area, found it a really nice place to live, and settled there. Parts of it are marshy, but it's overall a semi-arid climate, with a desert to the north. People developed agriculture in the Fertile Crescent, including irrigation, but many cultures specialized in fishing or nomadic grazing of animals they domesticated, including sheep, goats, and camels. As the centuries passed, the cultures of the area became more and more sophisticated, with big cities, elaborate trade routes, and stupendous artwork. That includes the Ishtar Gate, which was one of the entrances to Babylon, the capital city of the Kingdom of Babylonia. The city grew along the banks of the Euphrates River until it was one of the largest cities in the world by about 1770 BCE. Probably a quarter million people lived there in its heyday, around the 6th century BCE, but it was a huge and important city for hundreds of years. It's located in what is now Iraq, not far from Baghdad. Babylon is actually the source of the Tower of Babel story in the book of Genesis. In that story, people decided to build a tower high enough to touch heaven. But God didn't like that and caused the workers to all speak different languages and scattered them across the world. But that story may have grown from earlier stories from Mesopotamia, such as a Sumerian myth where a king asked the god Inki to restore a single language to all the people building an enormous ziggurat so the workers could communicate more easily. Babylon means gate of the gods, and it did have many splendid gates in the massive walls surrounding the city. The ancient Greek historian Herodotus reported there were a hundred of these gates. One of these was the Ishtar Gate, built around 575 BCE. This wasn't like a garden gate, but an imposing and important entry point to the city. For one thing, it was the starting point of a half-mile religious procession held at the New Year, which was celebrated at the spring equinox. The gate was dedicated to the goddess Ishtar and was more than 38 feet high, or 12 meters, and faced with glazed bricks. The background bricks were blue with decorative motifs in orange and white, and there were rows and rows of bas-relief lions, bulls, and sarushas. The sarush was considered a sacred animal of both Babylon and its patron god Marduk. It's sometimes called a dragon in English, but from artwork that shows both Marduk and a sarush, the sarush was small, maybe the size of a big dog. The question, of course, is whether the sarush was based on a real animal or if it was an entirely mythical creature. As I've said before in other episodes, every culture has stories that impart useful information, warnings, history lessons, and so forth. Every culture has monsters and mythological creatures of various kinds, too. 
That doesn't mean those animals were ever thought of as real animals, although they might have taken on aspects of real animals. Think of it this way. You know the story of Little Red Riding Hood, right? Where the wolf meets the little girl on her way to grandma's house, then runs ahead and swallows the grandma whole, and then tricks the little girl into coming close enough to swallow too? That story was never intended to be about a real, actual talking wolf, but a warning to children to not talk to strangers. There are plenty of other things going on in that story, but that's the main takeaway. In other words, it's quite likely that the Sarouche was never meant to be anything but a creature of mythology, a glorious pet for a god. Then again, it's also possible that it was based on a known creature, sort of like the talking wolf in Little Red Riding Hood is based on the real wolf that can't talk. And if that's the case, what might that animal be? There have been a lot of suggestions over the years. Willie Lee even suggested it was a modern dinosaur, possibly the Mokele Mbembe. That was before the Mokele Mbembe stories were widely recognized as hoaxes, as you may remember from way back in episode 2. Other people have suggested it was an animal called a Silosaurus, which lived some 230 million years ago in what is now Poland. Silosaurus grew up to around 7.5 feet long, or 2.3 meters, and it does kind of resemble the Ishtar Gate Sarouche. It was slender and probably walked on all fours, with a long tail, long neck, and long legs. It had big eyes and probably mostly ate insects and other arthropods. Silosaurus had traits found in dinosaurs, but it wasn't actually a dinosaur although it belonged to a group of animals that were ancestral to dinosaurs. But it probably had one trait that puts it right out of the running to be the model for the Sarouche, and that is that paleontologists think it had a beak. This wouldn't have looked like a bird's beak, but more like a turtle's. But it would have made the shape of the head very different from the snake-like head of the Sarouche. Silosaurus probably pecked like a bird to grab insects, it also had stronger rear legs than front legs, as opposed to the Sarouche that was depicted with bird-like rear legs, but muscular lion-like front legs. Silosaurus also lived 230 million years ago, so there's just simply no way that it survived to modern times, no matter how much it superficially resembles the Sarouche. Lee also claims that the Sarouche was the same dragon mentioned in the Bible in a story called Bell and the Dragon in the extended book of Daniel. Daniel slays the dragon by feeding it cakes made from hair and pitch, but there's actually no connection between the Sarouche and the dragon in this story. I don't know why I put this paragraph here. I meant to move it, but too late now. One very specific detail of the Sarouche is its forked tongue. This is a snake-like trait, of course, but some lizards also have forked tongues. Could the Sarouche of mythology be based on a large lizard? For instance, a type of monitor lizard? The largest monitor lizard species is the Komodo dragon, which can grow some 10 feet long, or more than 3 meters. We talked about it in the dragons episode a couple of years ago. But there are smaller, more common species that live throughout much of Africa, southern and southeastern Asia, and Australia. And that includes the Middle East. 
The desert monitor was once fairly common throughout the Middle East, although it's threatened now from habitat loss. It can grow up to 5 feet long, or 1.5 meters, and varies in color from light brown or gray to yellowish. Some have stripes or spots. It eats pretty much anything it can catch, and like many monitor species, it's a good swimmer. It hibernates in a burrow during the winter and also spends the hottest part of the day in its burrow. Like other monitor lizards, it has a forked tongue and a flattish head. And it has a long tail, fairly long, strong legs, and a long neck. If the sarouche was based on a real animal, it's a good bet that that animal was the desert monitor. That doesn't mean anyone thought the sarouche was a desert monitor, or that we can point to the desert monitor and say, ah yes, the fabled sarouche, also called muskushu. But people in Mesopotamia would have been familiar with this lizard, so a larger and more exaggerated version of it might have inspired artists and storytellers. So, boom, looks like we solved that mystery. Honestly, thought I would be talking about little desert lizards forever, and then I saw a picture of a desert monitor, and I thought, oh, <laughs> I bet that's it. And we learned some history along the way today. Definitely check the show notes for pictures of the Ishtar Gate, which has been partially reconstructed from bricks found in archaeological digs. It's absolutely gorgeous. Also, the desert monitor is totally adorable. But apparently they don't do well in captivity, so I can't have one as a pet. Not that I would. It's a wild animal. But just saying, it's really cute. You can find Strange Animals Podcast online at strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at strangeanimalspodcast at gmail.com. If you like the podcast and want to help us out, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you'd listen to podcasts. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeanimalspodcast if you'd like to support us that way. Thanks for listening. And stupendous artwork. Scratching post. <laughs>